Today we'll meet one of Israel's leading teachers as Jesus begins a discussion with Nicodemus. All this and more on today's Bible Study Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Bible Study Podcast. As always, this is Justin, your host and guide through the Gospel of John. Today we'll begin a key passage in the Gospel as we'll start going through the third chapter of this book. I'd like to thank all of you for your uh, faithfulness in listening and in getting in touch with me. And, and uh, as always, I, I love to look forward to uh, your emails. And uh, you can reach me at Bible Study Podcast Justin at gmail.com. Uh, remember one thing, though. Uh, you can get in touch with me this week through email, but next weekend, the weekend of the 7th of July, I will be getting married, and then I'll be on my honeymoon for a week, so <laughs> I won't be answering my emails for about a week and a half there. <laughs> um, feel free to leave me a message if you'd like, but just realize I probably won't be getting back with you for a couple weeks. Uh, I really do appreciate it. Um, if you would still like to have a question answered or like to leave a comment about something you've heard or something that's happened to you, or if you'd like to ask for someone to pray along with you, uh, please feel free to email our other host on BibleStudyPodcast.org. Um, you can reach Toby at cleanslate.ministries at hotmail.com, or you can reach Matt at mattb.bsp at gmail.com. I know they'll be glad to help you with anything they can, so feel free to use them as resources. If you were wondering what would happen to our study of John during the next two weeks, have no fear. You know, I've recorded the sessions ahead of time, so they will be posted as normal on Friday for the next two weeks. You know, as I said, you won't be able to get in touch with me, but <laughs> you'll still be able to hear the study and we'll be able to continue to push through. So uh, I hope that will help you and uh, I hope it will keep us on track. Uh, with all that being said, let's turn to God in prayer. Our Father... You have given us your word that we might not sin against you. Please forgive us our many sins and help us to see the light that has been given to us by your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. As we begin our study of the third chapter of John, let's remember how chapter 2 ended. Verses 24 and 25 leave us with the thought that even though there were many people who had entrusted themselves to Jesus, he did not entrust himself to them, for he knew what was in them. He knew that they didn't fully follow him. That transition laid down the road to our first of a couple case studies we will see in the next few chapters of John of people who somehow interacted with Jesus and helped us to learn certain things about our Lord. So it's with this in mind that we will see the first person on the scene, that is Nicodemus, pop up. I would like to let you know at this point, by the way, that... Uh, I'll be putting my outline, which I've made that we're going to be following for this study of chapter 3 on the website at www.biblestudypodcast.org, so feel free to take a look at it. Um, I'll just put the, the headings that we covered that week, and I'll just continue to build the outline longer and longer as we go through more of the headings. So feel free to look at that. Feel free to uh, check that out if it would be helpful for you. Um, so with that in mind... You know, let's get started in what I like to call the uh, the approach section of John 3. Alright, this is John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. 
So the stage is set for us. Nicodemus was one of the Pharisees. That is, he was a Jewish teacher and a member of the Jewish ruling council known as the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was made up of 70 members who were responsible for basically all the religious and civil decisions concerning the Jews. At the establishment of this group, they were mainly over religious kind of institutions, but with the Roman government, they were also allowed some civil lawmaking as well in order to rule their people. So as we approach Jesus' time, we have basically 70 guys here who are the top dogs of the Jews. They are the leaders. We'll read in a minute in verse 10 that Nicodemus is a teacher of Israel, and we're told in this very verse that he is a member of the Pharisees, meaning he held to a strict interpretation of the law as opposed to the more liberal Sadducees of his day. In other words, this guy was one of the top dogs of Israel. He was one of the top guys of the top guys. So, here he comes at night to see Jesus. Now, unfortunately for Nicodemus, much has been made of the fact that he came at night. You know, and some say that it was for fear of the Jews, fear that others would see him meeting with Jesus and maybe look down on him, or maybe even, at worst, depose him, take him out of his position. But some say it was simply because this would be the time for the teacher to meet with Jesus, the great teacher, without any interruption from the crowds or without any other people there to distract them or to get in the way of what he was wanting to talk about. Although, as we'll see as we push through this gospel, nighttime is usually associated with bad things or treacherous things going on, as we'll see later with Judas. You know, I, I think we would do well here not to read too much into this and just realize that Nicodemus has come, and he is alone with our Lord. Nicodemus's beginning statement is somewhat interesting, though, as he calls Jesus a rabbi. You know, this would have been a very courteous term. It, it would have shown respect for him and his teaching ministry. And he goes on to say that we, meaning the Jews, know that you have come from God as a teacher because no one else can do the signs that you're doing unless God was with him. I think there are two things of value that we can see in this statement. One, we can see that Jesus' popularity is spreading for sure, as his works are widely known now, and, and even accepted by the ruling Jews as being special, as being acts of God, as somehow verifying a message from God. So we can see that Jesus is now beginning to be known. Second, and, and I think more importantly, we see that Nicodemus has kind of misunderstood who Jesus really is. You know, he says that they know Jesus is a man from God, as they have seen the signs. But he doesn't say that he is God. He, he just kind of regards Jesus at this point as a great teacher who is sent by God. I think this is exactly what sets up Jesus' response as we read verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The phrase born again is better translated at this point as born from above. As Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, unless you are born from above, meaning unless you have had a spiritual transformation, you can't see the kingdom of God. It seems that Jesus is basically telling him that he's kind of missed the mark here with his assumptions. You know, in other words, he's telling Nicodemus that he can't even know about Christ's authority until he's born from above. He doesn't get it. He doesn't see Jesus as God because he's not of the kingdom. Now this issue of the kingdom of God is one that we will see over and over again throughout John's gospel. 
So, you know, let's take the time. I think this would be a good time to go over it a little bit now. Uh, the kingdom of God is the sphere of God's authority and blessing, which will be manifested on the earth. It's invisible to us now, but with Jesus, the kingdom is coming onto the earth. We would do well to remember that this is something that's brought up throughout the Gospels. We will repeatedly see the kingdom of God. The kingdom is something that is both here and hereafter. Something that you can be a part of now through Christ, and something that through your salvation in Christ, you can be a part of after this life. And so it's a very interesting study to partake in, but it's also something that is important. Because what it is basically saying to us is that if one is a member of the kingdom of God, they are under God's authority. They are a subject to the king. And thus, they will be blessed accordingly if they are in his kingdom. Of course, there is a downside to that as well. As you can obviously think, well, if you can be in the kingdom, that means you can also be out of the kingdom. So there is, in a sense, a very real dichotomy that's forming here with People who are there in the kingdom of God, meaning you follow God, you submit to God, and people who are out of the kingdom of God, meaning you turn away from God, you are an enemy of God. And so this is our first introduction to this kingdom of God. Now Jesus notes here that in order to be a part of the kingdom of God, of that realm where one submits to the Father and is led and blessed as a result of it, he must be born again, or born from above. Nicodemus's response in verse 4 is somewhat interesting. So let's read verse 4. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Now, there are commonly two ways to look at his comments here. The first is to say that Nicodemus was you know, somewhat kind of materialistic in saying this, making him come across as saying that, Jesus was almost absurd for saying that someone could be physically born a second time. You know, under this interpretation, you basically see Nicodemus as saying, Are you kidding me? You can't really be born a second time. Are you joking? However, I don't think that's probably the best interpretation at this point. I think the other common interpretation is probably better. And it, it ventures to say that Nicodemus is clearly not sure of what Jesus is saying. You know, he's trying to grasp this kind of strange saying that Jesus has just given him and, and really has no clue what he means. So, we have Nicodemus, who has come to see Jesus, sitting here kind of amazed and confused by the comments of Jesus. How can one be born again? Well, Jesus answers that question in the following verses as we go through verses 5 to 8. Jesus will take the chance in this section to tell Nicodemus about the necessity of of being born again. So let's pick up in verse 5 and we'll read. Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus starts out by saying that in order to enter the kingdom of God, one must be born of water and of Spirit. Now admittedly, this statement has driven commentators mad. You know, it has driven them crazy for many, many years. As you know, they've developed a number of ways of trying to in interpret what the water is that Jesus is really speaking of. You know, there are as many commentators as you can find. You can find as many ways of interpreting this. So, 
it's really interesting to note all the different ones, but what we're really going to try to do is uh, rather than go through all of the different suggested meanings and suggested interpretations, I'd like to kind of suggest the meaning that has been held more commonly throughout history and, and seems to make the most sense. And that is that the water is a reference to John the Baptist's ministry. John's ministry had been to call people to repent and be baptized. So the water in his ministry was representative of a person's repentant heart and soul. If this is the interpretation that is taken, then the meaning of the verse becomes that in order for one to enter the kingdom of God, he must repent, meaning turn away from his old ways, in order to be regenerated by the Holy Spirit. That is, be saved in water, meaning repentance, and be saved by the Spirit, meaning be regenerated by the Holy Spirit. The point of the matter is, though, that one is brought into the kingdom by the work of God. It is the Holy Spirit who provides the new birth to those who repent and turn to Him. While there is a human ingredient involved here, while there is some action that must be taken by the believer himself, it is God who allows us to be saved. It is God who has provided the way to be saved, and it is God who will regenerate us as the Holy Spirit will come into your life and dwell within you and make you a new creation. He continues with this train of thought in verse 6 as it reads, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. What this basically boils down to is that those who are born of the flesh, meaning those who are born of this world, are of this world. They are a part of fallen man. But those who are born of the Spirit, meaning those who are born from above, are of the Spirit. What he seems to be getting at here is that there are only two options for who you are. You are either of the world or of the Spirit. If you are of the Spirit, it means that you have been born from above by water and the Spirit. You know, that's what we just talked about in verse 5. You are not born into the kingdom, as many Jews believed, thinking that their ties to Abraham as their descendant assures them a place in the kingdom. It's not that case. You're not born by flesh, but it's being born by the Spirit that puts you into the kingdom. In other words, there's nothing you can do to earn a spot in the kingdom. Only God can provide that opportunity for you. In order to be of the kingdom, you must take by faith the gift that God gives you in order to be born again. This is necessary. You know, you're either of the world, meaning of sin, or you are of the Spirit, meaning you have been regenerated. Now, it's at this point that I want to kind of conclude for today, and, and I want to pose the question to you. Are you of the flesh, or are you of the Spirit? You know, I think it's something that we all need to consider, and I know that we've talked about this a lot throughout the course of the podcast, but I think the... The real purpose here that John is getting us to see is it's one or the other. It's not a middle ground. You know, we know from logic that you can't have something be both A and B. You know, the law of excluded middle says it can't be A or B. It has to be one or the other. It can't be both A and B. It has to be A or B. Well, it's the same in this case. You can't be both of the flesh and of the spirit. You have to be either born from above or simply born as a man. While we're all flesh, we all start out as sinners. We all start out as fallen people. We all have a choice. We all can repent. We can all turn to God and ask Him to forgive us our sin 
and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. So I encourage you, if that's a need for you tonight, if that's something that you need to do that you've never done before, if you've never turned to Christ and said, Christ, I, I believe you have died for me. I believe you were resurrected. And I believe your death covered for my sins. And, and I want to turn from how I'm living now and turn to you. That's something you've never done before. I, I just want to encourage you. Do that now. And you say, well, what, what's the result of that? What, what will happen if I do? Well, I think it's very encouraging. I think the lesson we've learned from this passage is if you do, you'll be baptized by the Spirit. It will be the Holy Spirit coming to indwell in you. It will be the Holy Spirit who takes you into the kingdom. It will be the Holy Spirit who does the work of regenerating you. You don't have to come to Christ perfect. You don't have to come to Him with a big ticket. You know, you don't have to buy a huge ticket to go. or You don't have to do a lot of works to get into heaven. All you have to do is turn to God and say, I'm not going to live the way I was living but I'm going to live according to your way. And he promises that it's his spirit, it's the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Trinity, that will indwell within you and make you a new creation. So I just want to encourage you as we close today, think about it. Make sure that your salvation is secure. Are you of the flesh or are you of the spirit? Well, that's all the time we have today. Uh, Come back with us next week as we're going to look at verse 7 and beyond as Jesus will see that there's a bit of haze coming over Nicodemus as he finishes verse 6 and and he's going to reiterate his points again in verses 7 and 8. So come back next week and and we'll see Jesus' continuing conversation with Nicodemus. Until then, may God bless and keep you.